Amen. Amen. <laughs> it does make you think when we're singing that, you know, that uh, why did God become human? You know, why not do Christmas like, um, you know, my family now does, does Christmas? Where we're, we're, you know, the, the first Christmas that uh, after Hannah was born, we went home and we uh, had, uh, Hannah's my oldest child who's 24 now, I think. Yeah, thanks. I got a, I got a nod from her mother. Um, and uh, she, uh, yeah, and so we, we woke up, had breakfast with Kathy's um, mom, and then we had a first lunch with my father, second lunch with Kathy's father, and then dinner with Kathy's mom, or with my mom, um, you know, all with, you know, a uh, three-month-old. And we said, that's it. You know, no, no longer are we coming to visit. If y'all want to see us on Christmas, you come to visit us. Yeah, and so no longer are we like Christmas where Jesus comes to visit us, but we're like the second coming where we go visit Jesus. But why have this first coming where Jesus comes? Why not him just stay in heaven and say, I'm the king, and then y'all will just come up to me? Why would he do that? One of the reasons is so that he could come live with us. One of the reasons is the high value of your lives and my life. Our lives right now isn't just a throwaway time waiting to go see him. It is a time that we are living with him now. Part of the reason for him to come with us is to show us that he lives with us totally. You've, you've heard it, it said, you know, that uh, to understand someone, you need to walk a mile in their shoes, right? Uh, you know, maybe like this, this uh, child here who's trying to understand. Oh, not that one. There you go, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the child trying to understand how dad's life, as they put on dad's boots. It was in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird uh, that um, Harper Lee wrote, you know, that you never really know a man until you understand things from his point of view until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. So there's a a realization that God, the Creator, now understands, empathizes, brings true help because He is with us. And He demonstrates that in the Incarnation, in this becoming flesh. I did find this other picture. Barry's already ruined the surprise. I thought some of the women would appreciate this 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 picture um, uh, that uh, another way that we empathize, you know, with with one another. Um, our, our first passage is in Hebrews two, verse seventeen and eighteen, found on page nine seventy two. That really highlights that Jesus becomes human in order to demonstrate his understanding, his empathy, his active, real presence in the fullness of our lives. You know, to truly give us 
aid, to, to walk with us in the challenges, in the pains, and in the successes, to ultimately to lead us to what is good, what is, what is full, what, what is abundant in the life that He's called us to. He comes among us to show us, to demonstrate that He's with us in every way. All right, Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 17 and 18. Let's, uh, let's pray together. I'm sorry. Hebrews. Yes, you're right. I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks again for your word as it speaks to us of your, your truth. And we ask now that your, your spirit would fill us, would open our ears, our hearts, our souls to receive from you, to, to not only know in our head, but to know in our soul um, that you are with us in the fullness of of our human experience. And, and that it's of, it's of great value, which is why you came to join us. Uh, speak to us. Uh, lead us. Teach us. We, we need your Spirit to show us the truth and help us to truly live it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright. Um, chapter 2 of Hebrews, starting with verse uh, 17. Therefore, He, Jesus had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people because he himself was tested by what he suffered. He is able to help those who are being tested. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I, one thing to capture in this, you know, that he became like his brothers and sisters in every way. You know, I mean, Jesus had no escape pod somewhere. He had, he had no DeLorean that just needed the right juice you know, to, to get out of the time and space. There were no detours to the realities of human experience from the lowest depths of suffering to the greatest of success which is why because he could be like us in every way why he could become a merciful and faithful high priest you know priest is one with the people and with God and he could be the perfect priest knowing exactly the human experience and also knowing God and then uh, the atonement there that big one of those theological words the, the one of making us one making us right with God taking our sin away so that we could be in right relationship with God we'll talk a little more about that later but what I want you to see is that Jesus was not a superhero you know he wasn't he wasn't superhuman he wasn't from another planet you know, and that and that only kryptonite, you know, could could trouble him. You know, I mean, he 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 wasn't bitten by some nuclear spider that gave him special senses. You know, he was human like you and like me. He suffered pain. He was hungry and thirsty, and he wept. You know, so the creator of of all food at times would go without food. He grieved. He experienced the death of his closest friends. He was betrayed and denied by his closest friends. He was deserted by his closest friends. 
he experienced significant anxiety in his life. So much so at one point, he, as, as he was anticipating his death, he would sweat drops of blood. He was used by many people just for a free meal or for an extra dose of healing. He worked. He was the son of a carpenter and he worked as a carpenter himself. He went to school. We even had a story of him being at school and he liked it. Yeah, sorry about that. He had a family. Uh, there you go. That times supported him and other times thought he should have been committed. He felt the depth of human emotions. The, the greatest of with maybe seen at the cross where it, there is he's hanging, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He suffered loss. Probably lost his father in his early elementary school days. Soon after that story of him being at school. I mean, that's, that's the last time in the Gospels that we ever hear Joseph being mentioned. There were times in his life that he had absolutely no control, especially as a child, as a young child, as a, as a baby. I mean, he was part of a refugee family who was forced out of his homeland for fear of his own lives and had to run with his mother and father and others into Egypt so that he wouldn't be murdered He was born into a family with a sullied reputation. His, his mother and dad probably in the, or middle teens, late teens, and his mom and dad, um, his mom and dad were not officially married. And in the first century, nothing happened until you were officially married. And so his father, Joseph, was considered a righteous one. He, he had a good reputation. But because the situation in which Jesus was born, he lost his reputation because he still married that woman and had some cockamamie story about an angel. His mother had no reputation, was a, a, a simple teenage woman, and yet because of this birth, she gained a reputation. And Jesus was born into that family. Reputation tarnished. And then had to flee as a refugee. At times, he was popular and folks would flock to him. And then at other times, he was despised by many. Misunderstood over and over, was called names. Hey, there that boy is. Ah, he's just Mary's son. And remember what we know about Mary. Oh, no, he's from Nazareth, and nothing good comes from Nazareth. There he is, that good-for-nothing good Jew boy right there. Jesus experienced the fullness of humanity. He healed, and he bled, and he died. He experienced. What we experience in the depths and in the heights. Now, uh, 
this is uh, uh, something that's called, um, from our, our history, it's called a catechism. And a catechism are one of these things where you had questions and answers. And it was a way they used to teach folks. There may be some of you here that remember um, uh, uh, doing that. And uh, I, I know for this, this is, a, this is a, a, a step out of the ordinary, maybe of what you're, you're used to. But this, this catechism is called the Heidelberg Catechism. And one of the questions is, why does the Apostles' Creed say he, Jesus, descended into hell? And you may have been here one time, so we've read the Apostles' Creed, and you may remember that, it, um, uh, you know, I believe in God the Father, and goes on, and in there it talks about Jesus descending into hell. And, and then in this particular catechism, that's one of the questions. And then there's an answer that's then given that we're to recite together. And what I want us to do is to recite this um, answer together. This is why Jesus descended into hell. Why? One of the reasons he became human. Let's say this together. That in my severest tribulations, I may be assured that Christ my Lord has rescued me from hellish anxieties and torment by joining with me in the unspeakable anguish, pains, and terrors which He suffered in His soul both on the cross and before. Jesus became human in order to demonstrate that He lives with us. In the deepest of shame, of guilt, of pain, of trouble, of chaos, of uncertainty, being totally out of control, He's lived through it. And He promises to walk with us in it. I remember that the first time that I went to see a counselor, you know, a therapist. It was a time when just the stuff of life was just overwhelming. And I'm like, you know, I need somebody to walk with me through this. And, you know, what was one of the most difficult things was one was making the call, making the appointment, and then going into the waiting room. You know, and you're in, you're in, I'm in the waiting room and I'm feeling like I want to tell the, the story of why I'm there to everybody that's in there. You know, and, and it just wants, you know, I've just coming to visit for a little bit, you know. Uh, you know, you can feel that. And, and now, you know, and here, you know, years before it and after it, you know, I mean, I've encouraged other people to do the same. Hey, listen, there's no shame in this. Go and do it. But having been through it, I recognize and feel what folks might feel when they do that. And I'm willing to bet now that there's a couple of you now that were just emboldened. You were just encouraged. You were just validated. Because, hey, pastor goes and sees a therapist every once in a while too. That must mean that it's okay. How much more so that Jesus and what He has experienced in the depth of His life, in His suffering, pain, anguish, and crying out, that when we do the same, it's fully human because Jesus has done it also. 
He promises. When, when we say Emmanuel, God with us, it's not just a nice Christmas tune. It's not just about a manger and a baby. It is about God the Creator entering into the hellish anxieties and depth of pain and chaos that we and all of humanity live into. That's why He became human. That companionship with God in the terror. Hebrews 4, if you just turn the page, verse 14 um, uh, through 16. And matter of fact, why don't we um, read this together as, as well? It's uh, on the screen. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He is a high priest who can sympathize with our weakness. Not just in pain and temptation, but our weakness in times of success and popularity. That may even be more important than in our time of weakness. There's something in us when we're weak, when, when, when we're really in danger, that we cry out for help. It's sort of natural. The, the problem is that when we don't realize our need, when things are going well, that may be even more that we need to know Jesus is walking with us so that we're crying out to God even then as well. You read the Old Testament, Israel, I mean, they were good when things were bad. You know, it's when things were good that they were bad. And because it's when they were good, then they, when things were... It, it's always a dangerous thing when the Scripture says, and there was peace in the land. And it's like, uh-oh, Israel's in trouble now. Because we're going to start trusting in ourselves instead of trusting in God. And that's what happened to them and what happens to us. Notice in this, he, so we have a high priest who is able to sympathize in our weakness. Now, and the good news is, he did it without sin. You know, so we want to latch on to him and say, all right, we're walking with you so that we go through whatever this terror, whatever this pain, whatever this anxiety, whatever this situation is, whatever this condition is, whatever the weakness is within me, I'm latching on to you, Jesus, because you do it without sin, and I want to walk with you without sin. And, and, and he tells us, so because of that, because Jesus has done it without sin, because he has atoned, he has made the way clear that we can latch on to him, that we can approach the throne boldly. You know, we can, that doesn't mean we got to yell. Maybe, maybe you need to. Maybe you need to on the cross, and you're saying, God, where are you? But it means you can come to him openly, honestly, you're real. Don't try to hide anything from him. That's the most foolish thing we do, you know, when we hide from God. You know, I don't care. You can do a whole bunch of things that are foolish, but you might be able to get away with them. You're not going to be able to hide from God. You're not going to be able to fool God. You know, God, if you're giving God sort of 10%, He knows it. 
Don't try to work up a sweat. You know, if you're, if you're hiding things from him, you got stuff underneath your bed, in your closet, in your attic, or wherever. He knows it, so it's just come clean. Because of Jesus, we can come boldly, openly, honestly, and we can cry out to him, Help! Guide me! Help me! In the midst of the chaos and whatever. That, that's why God came. And became human. You know, and, you know, I mean, I, I love Christmas season and all the rest and the, the manger scenes or nativity scenes or creches, whatever you want to call them, and all that. But, you know, there's just something that's missed in this, this, this explosive boldness that God has made in becoming human that's now ours to know. Uh, Christian Wyman is a, a poet. Um, Really, a quite accomplished poet. Uh, he uh, was a editor of the most prestigious poetry um, uh, magazine journal um, in the United States for a number of years, um, until he was diagnosed um, with a, a rare form, debilitating form of blood cancer. He was 39 at the time, um, and and it required a total bone marrow transplant and uh, just agonizing effects, both of the illness and the treatment. Some of you know that. Uh, Marion Eberhardt is going through that right now, um, uh, even. And, uh, and, and, and uh, um, uh, Dr. Wyman, he uh, grew up in West Texas, was a, a Baptist growing up, but as he grew older, it's what he says, that his, his Christian faith evaporated in the blast of modernism and secularism to which he was exposed as he grew up until his diagnosis came. And, and then, as he was this rising star in the literary world, he uh, then had to regroup. And uh, he said that it wasn't necessarily that his, his faith latched onto particular doctrinal presentation or, or anything like that, but it was the fact that he found a friend in the suffering Messiah. This is what, this is what he said. That I am a Christian now because of that moment on the cross when Jesus, drinking the very dregs of human bitterness, cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The point is that God is with us, not beyond us, in suffering. I'm a Christian because I understand that moment of Christ's passion to have meaning in my own life. And what it means is that the absolute solitary and singular nature of extreme human pain is an illusion. I'm not suggesting that ministering angels are going to come down and, and comfort me as, as I die, but I am suggesting that Christ's suffering shatters the iron walls around individual human suffering. In the face of this brutal, isolating pain, I am not alone. He didn't want a doctrine. He didn't want answers. What he wanted was a relationship. He wanted a person to walk with him. That's why God became human. 
destroying the dividing wall between us and God at all times, in any situation. He shows us the way of living with the Father in the fullness of our human experience. Where are you with God today? Are you letting the pain and the struggle and the chaos isolate you? Is it separating you from God, separating you from others? Or are you with boldness crying out to Him? Wherever you are, don't let the experiences of this life isolate you from God and from one another. The reason God became human was to say, I am with you. And that's what Jesus shows us. That he goes through all that. Now, that that doesn't mean that it's going to turn out all right according to our definition of all right. Jesus fully shows us the way of walking with God in pain. But he went to the cross. He died. The angels didn't come take him down from the cross. They didn't pick him up out of the garden. They walked with him to the garden and the cross and the tomb. Now, we know the end of the story. We know that death didn't have the final word. But what we know in the fullness of humanity that soon and very soon we're going to be seeing a king. But until then, we walk into this fullness of this life in the greatest joys and the lowest depths. And no matter what, the reason God became human is to say, I'm walking with you in this anguish and in this joy. So boldly, boldly walk with me. Amen.